Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents. If you feel depressed and if you feel anxious and you feel confused, you know what? Welcome to the club. Gazpacho police. Oh my God. What a stupid son of a bitch. He believes that it's a woman's right, it's a woman's body, and it's her choice. The Betches Sup Podcast. Sayonara, sucker. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Today, we are so excited to be here with Simone Sanders. She was most recently the spokeswoman and a senior advisor for Vice President Kamala Harris. And we're so excited that her new show, Simone, premieres on MSNBC this Saturday, May 7th. Yeah. You got a namesake show. Got the product placement, okay? The TV in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. Okay, so Simone, we're going to talk all about the show, but we have to talk about the White House Correspondents Dinner white jumpsuit of it all. We have to spend a moment. I mean, you turned a look that made me think, if she's wearing this white jumpsuit, what is she going to do for her rehearsal dinner? <laughs> we love the white jumpsuit. Shout out to um, a gentleman named Rome at Saks. I sent him a dress that I wanted. Rome was like, honey, you need this. It's giving goddess. And Incredible. it was giving goddess. And the jumpsuit was like one big spank, y'all. Like, <laughs> it's so I just felt very, yeah. very pulled together and inside. Um, and it's um, Kiara Boney. All cool. of their stuff is one big spank. It is mm-hmm. literally the best thing on mm-hmm. earth. I wore Kiara Boney for my uh, engagement photo shoot. Put a spank on under it, honey. It's like, what is going <laughs> on in here? So like we're going to bring swaddle. you the fashions today. Um, we just did a rehearsal show, so I just uh-huh. wrapped a rehearsal. My voice awesome. is hoarse because mm-hmm. I had a really great White House Correspondents Weekend. Mm-hmm. And today I'm, I'm giving you a little Nina Parker, honey. Obsessed. Obsessed. We love. So tell us behind the scenes of the weekend. Can you give us, give us, give us something exciting? Give us something. We're parched. Well, the way I got into the front of the dinner line, I just joined Kim Kardashian's entourage. So she came to the pre-reception that was hosted by ABC. And um, I I see everything. I'm like, oh, she looks fab. I'm sitting down and my good friend, who I will not name him, but he knows who he is. He said, we just need to wait until Kim Kardashian walks by and walk with her. And then we won't have to wait in the line too long. And I said, okay. So we were mid-conversation. And then he's like, come on, we got to go. And I'm like, oh. And we just jump in, and I'm walking right in front of uh, Kim's entourage and Pete, and walk right into that dinner, bypass the long line. I have to ask, were you close enough to Kim to have been able to catch COVID from her? No, no. But I also had COVID about three weeks ago at this point. Perfect. So I'm feeling extremely invincible. I also Mm -hmm. got a second booster shot. Sorry, CDC, Dr. Fauci. I did do it. Um, So I'm good for like another month. It's going to be a month before y'all see me uh, being a mask. <laughs> I'm like, I'm out here. I got all the antibodies. YOLO. 
But a month from now, I will be wearing my mask. Just re-upped on the antibodies. That's incredible. I love how your first thought wasn't like, oh, I'll get to see Kim Kardashian close. But like, no, this is a moment of opportunism. We are using this to get to dinner first. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. The line was so long to get into the dinner because Mm. obviously because the president and first lady were going to be there. Um, You have to go through, uh, they call them magnetometers, but they're mags. It's just like airport security. Mm -hmm. So you got to take all your stuff out. They got to check the purse. They were checking your your app to make sure that you were verified and verified meant Mm -hmm. that you were you uploaded a negative test and they had your vaccination. So I still had to do all that. I just right. Of course. Very long line. Yeah. Yeah. My final question I was thinking the whole time. Is there alcohol there? Or is everybody just yes. drinking water? Okay, okay. Because oh no, there's okay. wine. It's in a dry dinner. Table. Excellent. I thought maybe it was a dry dinner, and then I my 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 FOMO waned. Oh, absolutely <laughs> okay. not. There was um, <laughs> wine on all the tables. Some of the tables had champagne. In the official reception, obviously drinks, open bar there, and a number of the other news organizations also held pre-receptions. Mm-hmm. NBC and MSNBC had a reception. At the Four Seasons. That's the one I want to go to. Politico and CBS had a Fort reception somewhere else at the Washington Hills. Paramount. You were at the Paramount party, I saw. There were yeah. lots of uh, opportunities to indulge in a cocktail. So do people turn up or are they like, you know, are they keeping it cool? I would, I, at the dinner, people do try to keep it cool. But at a number of the other events during the weekend, um, I went to my agency party. I'm uh, UTA, United Talent Agency, reps me. And there were people way too loose at the UCA party. And I'm like, there are members of Congress here. We really need to pull it together. Well, I mean, if there's members of Congress there, maybe we actually need to pull it less together. (laughs) Hey, American Fever Dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you are searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interest they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. There is so much pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas specifically for my dad, but my dad loves flying. He loves airplanes. He loves aviation, and he never gets sick of a cute little gift that has a reference to that. And the inventory for that on Etsy is incredible. I hope my dad lives for 200 years because I can get him a birthday present related to aviation or planes from Etsy for every single one of them, if not hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. We'll get into the MSNBC show. I hope that you had a chance to to really hype it with people over the weekend, but I'm so curious how you decided to make this pivot. I know that you... You had to have had many opportunities when you when you stepped away from your prior position when you left the White House, but you were looking for something specific with with what to do next. Uh, how did you go about this pivot and what factors needed to be there for you to to do this? I knew I wanted to have my opportunity to go back to TV. I'd never been a host before. Obviously, I'm a, a former commentator and I've always wanted a show. So... If not now, when? So when folks asked me what I wanted to do, particularly when I was talking to TV people, I told them I wanted a show. 
And without question, every single executive that I spoke to, except for Rashida Jones, and a number of these other networks and entities, I told them I wanted to show, and uh, folks would say, well, one person told me very directly, nobody's going to give you a show. That's crazy. I'm dying to know who told you. Someone else said, do you want a show? That's so much work. Don't you want to be flexible and have other things going on? You don't want a show. Somebody else said, oh, I don't really see you doing the, the show thing. I don't really see you doing, you know, I don't really see you as politics. And I'm like, I've worked at every level of politics. But when I sat down with Rashida, after I left the White House and we were talking about, you know, what I thought I wanted to do, I said, I want a show. And her response was, what kind of show do you think you want to have? And I'm very excited about what we have cooked up here. I cannot wait for people to see it. We're dropping a promo that you should see on the Twitters and the Instagrams mm-hmm. and the TikToks, honey, and all over social media very soon. TikTok, love to hear it. Yes, we'll have it. My show will have a TikTok. My show will have an Instagram. Of course, we'll have a Twitter and a Facebook page, okay? But we're going to do some new, interesting, and different things, and I'm just elated about it. Oh, so cool. Our listeners know that um, we are big We are big fans of MSNBC's content. I mean, just the lineup, the anchors, the women on the channel are just really superb, honestly. So I'm really excited for you to be joining them. But um, how does your, how will this show, or how will your experience working in the administration in the past, um, how will that impact how you cover things on the show? So... A lot. You know, I have insight that no one else who has a show on any cable television network has. I know directly and have intimate knowledge of the inner workings of this White House. I have worked closely with the current president and vice president of the United States of America. I have experience in the progressive circles. I have worked at every level of campaigns uh, in this country, state legislative races, all the way up to presidential races. So what I bring and the way that I view My role here is, first, I need to tell the truth, okay? We need to keep the bar high, substantive, but also fun and entertaining. And the best thing I can do for viewers tuning into my show on MSNBC or on Peacock is peel back the layers, ask the questions Mm -hmm. that they're asking, you know, give a little insight. Oftentimes, I'll I'll watch shows and people will say, why is the president doing this? Okay, well, I don't don't need to ask why. I am going to ask a different question. What about this particular thing made them do this as opposed to that? Because I know X was available to them. Mm -hmm. Give a little more context. I think nuance is missing from our national dialogue. Nuance is missing from Twitter, okay? Well, I mean, you can't really give much nuance in 280 characters. (laughs) We have a thread, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm excited for the opportunity to give some context and nuance, but to have fun and to have conversations that people across the country are having. In the promo that uh, I recorded, I talk about that people should view my new show as the intersection of politics and culture. It's the news you need to know all the way from pop culture to politics. So we're going to unpack the day's headlines, but we're going to go deeper, ladies. We're going to get into the weeds. We're going to unpack stuff. We're going to do the news and the stories that you care about, and we're going to have fun. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also such a unique perspective that you were a commentator for CNN and then you and then you worked in the administration and got this context and now you're returning to news. You're right. That's like as you were explaining, like this person that said to you, why do you want to show? I'm not sure they knew who you were. Like, that's crazy. What did they read? Did, did they did they check my Twitter bio was my question. But you right. know what? 
Amanda, I'm no stranger to yeah. me saying I want to do something and then, you know, very powerful people like, mm, right. I don't know. Or people that I respect saying, counseling me to do something else. And it's so surprising. I've been doing, obviously, like a lot of interviews talking about the new show, Simone, encouraging people to tune in on Saturday and Sunday and on Peacock starting May 9th, yeah. um, this Saturday and Sunday, May 7th for the MSNBC. Mm-hmm. And in one of the uh, questions someone asked me, they basically said, they were like, you know, do you, what are you doing to kind of distance yourself from your past work? And do you feel like you need to reintroduce yourself? And I was just like, well, my question is, has anybody ever thought to ask that question yeah. about a white man that's doing what I've done? No. Think of all the other yeah. men. Mick Mulvaney. <laughs> Just nobody asked him that. <laughs> Come on, that have left a White House, yeah. have gone on to careers in media or podcasting, okay, or at a university somewhere where they have a podcast or where they're a commentator or an analyst where they get a show. No one's asking them to apologize, essentially, for their resume. They're encouraging them to right. lean in. That's why they got that job. And I am, it didn't shock me mm-hmm. that I got right. the question. But I think it's important for us to talk about because the reality is, is that I think that I, I am, I'm surprising for some people. I'm a bald black girl from North Omaha with a good nail who has worked at every <laughs> level of politics, who cares about fashion and entertainment and the intersection of politics and culture. Um... And I'm not supposed to be able to be all of those things and have a television show. I find it especially strange that someone said they don't really see you doing politics when that's the only thing I've ever heard your name in association with. Like, that is very strange. Mm. It was was, (laughs) was strange. I was very taken aback by it. But you know what? The best thing I I can do to prove those people wrong is to just show them. The best thing that I can do is to have been in anchor boot camp for the last couple of months, <laughs> reading my teleprompter, honey, I've done hours of teleprompter reading, practicing my interview skills, honing them, doing mock interviews and mock shows and trial run rehearsals, so that when I sit down in that chair on Saturday at 4 p.m., actually, I'm gonna sit down around 3.45, to be honest. <laughs> when I sit in that chair, there's gonna be no question in anybody's mind that, you know, I was, I was definitely made to do this, that I'm going to be great at this, just like I've been great at everything else that I've done because I put in the work. There are lots of people that you can say that they are a little more fabulous than me, maybe, that they've had more experience, that they've been doing this a long time. Maybe there are people that speak better than I. There are people out there that read a better better teleprompter. But throughout my career, I have made it a thing that you're not going to outwork me. I will get up early and I will stay up late because the work, is what needs to speak for itself. And I'm doing the work so that that is the case. Amazing. I mean, in the, in the words of Beyonce, I always say, stay gracious. Best revenge is your paper. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. So this made me curious, what's the format of your new show when we're watching it? Like what beginning to end? What are you working in? 
Great question. Okay, so I'm in a really amazing studio. You'll get a little bit preview a preview in this promo that I'm dropping, but I will caution folks that the final graphics <laughs> you will not see until Saturday. So we are holding it holding it close, but yeah. the, the aesthetics are just very cool. My primary colors are green for my show. Okay. No other show has so that. That's Our logo true. is very whimsical. Yeah. It's, it's given Simone. I can't wait to see the branding. It, it's very exciting. You know, the communication yeah. person in me is like, what does it look like? How are we telling uh-huh. the story? Yeah. In of terms of the content of the show, um, you're going to hear from me, but you're also going to hear me unpack things, talking to experts. And I like to say, mm-hmm. it's, it's my people who know. So I'm going to have reporters on. I'm going to have people from these various organizations on. I'm going to have strategists. But if a strategist is on my show, you can bet that they work somewhere, that they have some expertise in what we are talking about. We're just not putting people on television to talk about things that they don't necessarily have a direct connection to. We will have a political panel. And think of my political panel being structured like the panel on Meet the Press Daily, right? So you have a reporter, and then you have somebody that is maybe more Democratic-leaning and somebody maybe Mm -hmm. more conservative. So that Democratic-leaning person could be a columnist. It could be a strategist. Same thing for my Republican friends. In my rehearsals, I have practiced with some uh, actual Republicans and some recovering Republicans. That they have called <laughs> actual Republicans. Oh. Yes, yes. I have real Republican <laughs> friends that can join us because we can't have a real conversation yeah. about what's happening if we don't speak to everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. But in true fashion, as I said, we're doing culture. We're going beyond the Beltway. So I'm talking to local reporters. Uh, we're going to do a segment mm-hmm. in one of my rehearsals today. Um, we went to Illinois and we unpacked the story with a reporter there in Illinois. And we are going to talk to my culture critics, okay? So just like we have a political panel, we're going to have a culture panel um, probably one day on the weekends and one day during the Peacock show, one of the Peacock shows. And my culture critics, you know, did you know that NBC News has a internet culture reporter? Did you know that NPR has a culture critic? I was just going to say, it sounds like those are people and perspectives that have just maybe not been featured on MSNBC before, but the intersections with politics are just so obvious. Very obvious. So the culture critics and our culture panels are where we go deeper into some of the stories that people really care about, but don't aren't making it to Mm -hmm. the the top news, top political news every day. And Mm -hmm. we're going to go deeper, which means we're not going to do five or six topics on a culture panel. We're also not going to do five or six topics on our political panel. We'll maybe do two or three because we really want to unpack the layers for people. And unpacking takes time. I can't do that in 30 seconds. So we're going to dedicate, you know, our five minute segment, our six or seven minute segment to having a fulsome conversation about deep things. So I'm excited for you guys to see the culture critics. We're going to be debuting it this weekend. We've got a great branded name for it. I don't want to give too much away. Good. And I have some really amazing um, first guests for my first couple of shows. Oh, so cool. I can't wait for you to see them. Yeah, political people tend to overestimate how much people really want to hear about politics. Like, we always got to splash in some culture. Yes, and culture is driving the political conversation that we're having. Let's just be honest. Culture is fashion, music, television, social media, technology. That's all culture. Actually, Elon Musk buying Twitter, that's a culture story, culture, honey. That's yeah, not totally. a political story. It is a culture story, and my culture critics have something to say about it. I mean, now Kim and Pete are going from the White House Correspondents' Dinner to probably the Met Gala tonight. So, it, you know, it's really all just uh, combined. It is all combined. I'll be watching. I cannot wait oh, to yes. see the fashions coming from the Gilded Age. Um, and 
look, it is it is driving the kind of conversations that we're just not having here on this yeah. podcast. It is driving conversations in what I call the non-political group chats, right? And those are the people mm. I want to talk to. Okay. Those are the majority of Americans. They have these non-political group chats. I think people in D.C. I often talk about the fact that we're just in this bubble. We think that everybody, and to be clear, I'm talking about, you know, federal D.C. And my mm-hmm. fiance is the 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 first nightmare of Washington D.C. He worked for Mayor Bowser. Um, and he started the 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 mayor's office of nightlife and culture. Yeah. And he regularly would remind me when we first started dating that. There's that you federal people, as he calls us. And then he said, then there's real DC. And (laughs) he's so right. And so what I'm attempting to do is something that my fiance did for me. He merged the federal and real DC. I want to merge politics and culture all across the country. Love that. When are your weekends going to be? My weekends, okay, so I can still go to brunch, okay? So I don't want anybody (laughs) to think that they can stop sending me brunch (laughs) invites, okay? I can still brunch. I just need to be on my way to the studio around 1.50 so I can review my scripts at 2 p.m. We have meetings in the morning. My team, um, half my team is here in D.C. Another piece of my team is in New York. And so we we love a team, Sonny. We love a a, a Zoom connection. So we are on the phones in the morning and the night before because we're just not throwing a show together. You know, I always thought that people get up in the morning, they decide what the show is going to be. When in all actuality, there's forward-looking planning, and then you juxtapose your plan to what the breaking news is, and then you make adjustments. So um, we have a, a nice a nice formula that we've set up. We, ha- we have gotten into a groove of a routine that allows me to still go to brunch, and frankly, I'll still be able to make happy hour. Because yes. show is over at 5, I do my rap meetings, I could be there by 6 o'clock. Yeah, it sounds like everybody involved in your show is very curious, and that's always what makes a good show. Yes. Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same, with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash feverdream. That's homechef.com slash feverdream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash feverdream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. I am feeling a lot of doom and gloom about the midterms, about the coverage of the midterms. I know that chances look a little challenging, but I also don't like these foregone conclusions. How are you going to approach the midterm coverage? Amanda, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So how are we supposed to stay engaged and excited when the people we look to aren't engaged and excited? We lack we lack hope in the media apparatus. And that's across the board. A lot of bad things are happening in the world. There is a war being waged in Ukraine for 
no other reason except these people are Ukrainian, okay? Their sovereignty is being trampled on. People are fleeing their homes. People are fleeing places across Central America for climate reasons, financial reasons. Yeah. They're fleeing gangs and cartels. These people don't want to leave home. There's stuff happening. There's a war happening in Ethiopia. Like, do I need? It's bad. It's, there's bad things happening. Our democracy is hanging on by a thread. God bless the men and women and folks across this country that are committed to helping hold and stitch it together, like the bipartisan committee on January 6th. Mm -hmm. But there's also some great things happening. There is hope out there. I am seeing every single day, you know, I read the local newspapers. I see every single day great things happening all across our country, and I think we need to talk about them. Yeah. So the way that I approach the midterms, I'm going to be honest. Now, it does look rough. <laughs> I was on a, my friend Amy Moyadine's show the other day, and people got mad at me because I said, look, I'm going to throw a little cold water out there. At this point, it looks like we're going to lose the House. Mm -hmm. and, and, but expand our margins in the Senate. Uh, and by we, I mean the people out there are talking about the Democrats. So it looks like Democrats going to lose the House, and they're going to win the Senate. But if people would like to change that, they got to do the work. Mm -hmm. And doing the work means going out there, they have to organize people. A Democratic National Committee needs to put some surrogates on the road and create a surrogate operation. You need to make people excited about the midterms because right now they're not excited. All they hear is that y'all getting your tails kicked and it ain't going to be good. So, And listeners and viewers should remember you worked for a fair number of campaigns, too. You worked for the Sanders campaign. <laughs> this is not new to you either. For yeah. more than, I've, I've done more than 22 campaigns oh my over gosh. the course of my career. Mayoral races, legislative, okay. ra state legislative races, governor's races. I've worked uh, campaigns on reservations. I've worked judges races. In some places, judges are in fact elected. Mm -hmm. Where I'm from in Nebraska, judges are appointed. And so it wasn't until I started working these other races that I realized, oh, they running for election for the law mm -hmm. out here? Oh, this don't <laughs> seem right. This seems a little concerning. Yeah. So all of that means that I kind of know what I'm talking about. So that was my take on it. I got a couple comments and people hit my website email like, you were not being right. You were pooping on the president and Democrats. No, I wasn't. I have great respect for the president and vice president. I love them very dearly. Okay. I worked on behalf of the Democratic Party for a number of times in my career. But it's my job to be honest with people and to give them a little hope. And the honest truth is that if, that if Democrats in this country want the midterms to go better, they're going to have to get up. If you care mm -hmm. about a candidate, you're going to need to give them a coin, okay? And not just giving your coins to people running against Marjorie mm -hmm. Taylor Greene. They're not about yeah. to win. You need to give your coin to a state legislative candidate. But what do I know? A lot, <laughs> apparently. Well, one more question, if you have time. So you spent the year, of course, we touched on this a little bit, but spending a lot of time, of course, one-on-one -on -one with the vice president. I know you can't give too much behind-the-scenes color, but I am just curious, having spent so much time with her, what you think the media coverage or narrative around her and her role in the administration just seems, just seems to miss. That's just not accurate. So I'll do the administration first, and I will talk about our illustrious vice president. Um... I think what the, the media apparatus misses about the administration is they really just want to take the headlines. And this is across the board. And I think um, we as a media apparatus have to do a better job of peeling back the layer just a little bit and giving the context, which is what I'm trying to aim to do mm -hmm. with my show. Yeah. If we're going to talk about uh, student loan forgiveness and the fact that Chuck Schumer and many other um, Democrats and advocates want the president to forgive a, number, a lot of student loan debt, 
We also have to talk about the fact that this administration has already forgiven $17 billion of, stu of student loan debt for more than mm -hmm. 750,000 people. That's a lot of people, or 725,000 actually. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of debt. That's a lot of coinage. Okay, so we got to set the context up. So it's not that ain't nobody had no debt forgiveness anywhere. It is mm -hmm. that the president made a campaign promise and that people are holding him to account on the campaign promise that he made about debt across the board. That's fair game. That's fair game. But when's the last time you heard it set up like that? Right, right, you right. In terms of uh, Vice President Harris, I feel so blessed and lucky to have been able to be a part of history. I supported the first woman, the first black woman vice president of the United States of America. And the thing I think that the media misses about her specifically um, is the unwillingness to identify and acknowledge their own bias. And the media apparatus, if, if people really, I, I think that every single person that decides to write a story should ask themselves what I ask these questions about a man. When I ask these questions about President yeah. Joe Biden, when I ask these questions about Vice President Pence, and if the answer is yes, please carry on, honey. But if the answer is no or you hesitate, you should question if a little bias has creeped up into the reporting. You should question if the fact that she's a woman, a woman of color, a black mm -hmm. woman, has something to do with that. And I and I think that I, 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 I saw it intimately. It was my job to interface every day with the media, and I found myself pushing people and challenging them to ask themselves that question. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it's a question I will, I will also continue to challenge myself and ask, well, am I thinking about this differently because we're talking about young people? Am I thinking about this differently mm -hmm. because we're talking about women? Challenging my team because as a media apparatus, we have a responsibility to tell the truth and be honest with people. But we also, and concurrently with that, in doing so, we have to make sure we get the whole story right, just not a piece that is mm -hmm. sensational. Yeah. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time and experiences. Remind us again, crystal clear, everybody can watch Simone Saturday, May yes, 7th. Saturday, May 7th at 4 p.m. And then cool. again on Sunday, same time, 4 p.m. And then you can catch me Mondays and Tuesdays on Peacock, on demand. You can catch those shows all week long. I'm very excited. I cannot wait. I'm super excited about the culture part. I can't wait for that. That's so excited. It's something nobody else is doing on television. I promise you, you won't see it anywhere else. It's mine. I have branded <laughs> the thing and it's going to be great. I can't wait to find out what it is. Thank you so much. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Sage. And this is The Betcha Sub Podcast. Bye. The Betcha Sup Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at Betches.com. Betches.